Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yankees, Giants, Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Rangers grabbing a pair of victories over the Pittsburgh Penguins on Tuesday and also over the Detroit Red Wings on Wednesday night. So let's go ahead and get started. So the New York Rangers grabbed a pair of victories Tuesday night and Wednesday night over the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Detroit Red Wings. Both games were on the road. I'd like to talk about the Pittsburgh game first. That was on Tuesday night. Um, in that game, the Rangers beat the Penguins 3-2 to in what was really a gritty, hard-fought win. It was the second time that they had beaten Pittsburgh in about uh, five or six nights. Um, the first one was last Friday night, where it was one of their best, the Rangers' best games of the season. This was a gritty road win, 3-2. Uh, with the win, the Rangers jumped over Pittsburgh in the standings. The Rangers at that point had 91 points compared to Pittsburgh's 90. And the Rangers also have a game in hand on Pittsburgh, or they did after that night. Uh, this Pittsburgh team obviously is very good. They were ahead of the Rangers in the standings, and very few teams are. And this is also a Pittsburgh team that had just scored 11 goals the previous night against Detroit. So they, they hung 11 goals on Detroit. Um, and it, it was clear that Pittsburgh would be looking for revenge from that previous uh, victory the Rangers had on Friday night. The Rangers also were playing without Ryan Strom again. He has some kind of lower body injury. Uh, the game was pretty exciting, the Pittsburgh Ranger game, really start to finish. Uh, the Rangers played pretty well early on in the first period. They actually had the better of the play, even though they trailed one nothing after the first period. Uh, once again, Truba was so strong <laughs> defensively also offensively he was taking shot after shot after shot putting pressure on Pittsburgh to make saves to cover rebounds as I've talked about before Jacob Truba has such a hard shot and he isn't afraid to take it he hit the post on one of the shots you know and he had many other shots and early in the game and really his, his play this year is about as good as it's going to get he is uh, outstanding it would be a crushing loss if we ever lost true he he provides so much to us this year um the one goal against in the first period uh, when Pittsburgh scored it was on a deflection by our old friend Brian Boyle the former Ranger uh, the Rangers once again as has been the theme this year were poor on faceoffs it the Rangers have to do something about faceoffs it is a faceoffs are are the key thing in hockey that no one talks about people talk about lots of things right goaltending offense defense power play penalty killing this that depth rarely do you read articles about faceoffs but again time after time the rangers it seems like forever have not been good on faceoffs and it's something that will probably hurt them in the playoffs uh, unless they find some magical way to get better Getting back to this game against Pittsburgh in the second period, the Rangers sort of continued to limit shots against. They played very tight defensively. Uh, Pittsburgh actually didn't have any shots on goal at all in the second period until maybe seven or eight minutes into the period. Um, it was a hard-working shift kind of late in the second period that netted the Rangers the tying goal as Frank Vitrano again <laughs> came through and scored on kind of a nifty backhand on a feed from Zibanejad. It was Vitrano's fifth goal as a Ranger already. I mean, it's unbelievable. What an incredible start uh, to, to having him on the Rangers after the trade for Frank Vitrano. I really, really like his game. I do. Uh, with five minutes left in the second period, 
Uh, Pittsburgh had only nine total shots in the game. That is how well the Rangers were playing defensively. The entire first period and over half of the second period, Pittsburgh only had nine shots. And then as the second period wound down, Kreider <laughs> made a few poor uh, plays again. Uh, he's had a couple sort of subpar games in a row at this point. Um, he needs to be a little harder on the puck sometimes. I noticed that I think it's maybe at the end of his shifts particularly. He doesn't skate. He kind of reaches. He, he provides little soft passes here and then. And I don't understand what it is because he's had such a fantastic year. It's hard to be picky about him. But it's been several times in a row and mostly recently where he just seems a little soft at the end of his shift. And, and you know, it's one thing to be tired. But, you know, anyone can, can shoot a puck no matter how tired you are or, or make a slightly harder pass. Um, he just needs to be a little harder on the puck more often. Uh, it's hard to say that as he has obviously over 40 goals this year. The Rangers then took a two, two to one lead. Sorry. Uh, very late in the second period. It was a beautiful goal by Braden Schneider off an excellent feed by Artemi Panarin. Schneider, Schneider is really really played well for the Rangers, especially for a 20-year-old rookie who's played a total of, I don't know, 28, 29 games at this point for the Rangers. He deserves to be on the roster, point blank, period. Braden Schneider deserves to be on this team. He is playing very, very well, and he's a, he's a great defenseman. He, he plays physically. He's decisive with the puck. He checks. Uh, he's good. He's just a good defenseman, and he's 20 years old with all of 29 games of, of experience here, but I know the Rangers and their coach value experience in the playoffs, but Schneider better be in, in the roster. Um, he made an absolutely outstanding, this is Schneider, defensive play just prior to scoring that goal. The Penguins were breaking in on two-on-one. He kind of came back and made a diving sweep with his stick while he was on the ice, broke up the play, and then about a minute later scored off the FE from Panarin. So Snyder's got to stay. Um, as far as the goaltending, uh, Shesterkin didn't have a whole lot of work, really, through the first two periods. Uh, the Rangers went into the third with a 2-1 lead. Um, the Rangers started the third on a power play, which is kind of significant since this was the Rangers' first power play of the game in each of the three previous games prior to playing Pittsburgh here the Rangers had only one single power play in each game the Rangers absolutely positively have to earn more power plays and I can't stress this enough the power play for the Rangers is pretty outstanding this year I mean it's number two overall in the NHL it's a really good power play right but they're not getting on the power play at all. And it's not like the refs aren't calling it or sure enough, you know, that when they got on the power play, they scored and, and Kreider netted his 45th frigging goal of the year along with, the, along with his 23rd power play goal to put the Rangers up 3-1. So the Rangers have to work harder to get on power plays, draw, get in those tough areas, you know, when, when you work hard and, and you're going to get pulled down. It, it's what happens. The Rangers after that, after they were up 3-1, they proceeded to play pretty well, you know, throughout the beginning of the third, although they did end up taking consecutive power plays, um, consecutive penalties, I should say. And they put Pittsburgh on the power play. Uh, they killed off the first power play, but they gave up a goal on to Crosby on the second one. It was a nice goal. So Sturkin really didn't have to make many tough saves, honestly, this whole game. Um, the, the Crosby goal was a rocket though, but it was from way out near the blue line. I'm not sure if Shesterkin actually saw that goal or not. Um, 
And I want to just go back, by the way, you know, to Frank Vitrano. He played a very strong game the entire game. His speed and his ability to retrieve pucks in the corners, things like that. It makes him a very good fit, in my opinion, to be on the line with Mika and Kreider, and he should be there. Um, I also want to call out Mott. He provided outstanding speed, hustle, and grit, you know, kind of on the fourth line. And he did very well killing penalties, too. Mott's a good penalty killer. Overall, kind of each of the forwards that the Rangers acquired at the deadline seem to be fitting in really well. And that includes Vitrano, and it includes Mott playing on the fourth line, and also Andrew Kopp. Um, they're all paying dividends. Uh, so far, so good. Now, the game finished. The Penguins pulled their goalie with two and a half minutes left in regulation, right? And that's a lot of time to not have a goalie in the net. And the Rangers put tons of pressure uh, on Pittsburgh with the net empty. But also, the Penguins provided a lot of pressure in the Rangers' offensive zone. At one point, when the puck was down in the Pittsburgh zone with no goalie in, the Rangers scrambled around the Pittsburgh net for what seemed like 30 seconds. It was hitting each other, uh, rebounds. They hit the post a few times. It was just an incredible effort by the Penguins defensively. And the Rangers hit about two posts with the net empty as well. And then about 30 seconds later, uh, Goudreau went in, you know, and kind of from a bad angle with the net empty, hit the post again. There wasn't any scramble. He was just at a kind of a bad angle. He had a little room, though. Uh, it was nuts how many chances the Rangers had with the empty net, but we were not able to put it in. Uh, the Rangers at the end of the game were able to fend off a really hard Pittsburgh charge with the goalie pulled, and the Rangers won the game 3-2. to two. Um, I'm still waiting, honestly, to see if Shesterkin has his game back after a couple sort of less than great games in a row for him. You know, I, I know it's hard. Uh, you know, he gives up two goals, and I'm not sure if he's doing any good, right? You know, it's <laughs> we just beat a tough Pittsburgh team on the road to kind of overtake them. The second time, Shesterkin's beaten the Penguins in, you know, four days. He gave up one goal the other night, two goals this night. And I'm not sure if he's as good as he, you know, maybe can be. And it's, you know, that in itself is saying something, but it's just something I see in his game, just the way he you know, is or isn't tracking pucks. Um, it was another game where he wasn't tested as much, so he did come up with a few good saves at the end. It's just kind of hard to tell if he's on his game yet or not. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, it's just a feeling I'm getting watching him. Uh, he didn't seem to be tracking pucks very well, and there was at least one shot off the post, and a couple of the others he just didn't seem to really track, and they just kind of went wide. Uh, he's usually excellent at tracking pucks, even with traffic in front of him. Hopefully, you know, it's past him and he's back to his usual excellent self. And it's very hard to complain about Sturkin getting back-to-back wins over uh, an awesome Pittsburgh Penguins team and in total giving up three goals in two games. And, and you know, me sitting here saying, well, he doesn't look very good. But he did, you know, I think both of the wins were more due to the Rangers' outstanding defense than they were to Shesterkin. So we'll see how it goes. Overall, this was an excellent win for the Rangers, who at this point, you know, in time would be matched up with the Penguins in the first round of the playoffs. So if the season ended today, that's what it would be. It would be Rangers-Penguins in the first round. So look out. Uh, So if they finish ahead of the Penguins here, they can actually have some home ice. And obviously they're going to be shooting for that. The Rangers were right back in action on Wednesday night against the Red Wings. So why don't I go ahead and talk about the Wednesday night game at this point? 
The Rangers were back on the road again Wednesday evening in Detroit, and they came back in the game and ended up winning 5-4 in overtime over the Detroit Red Wings. For the Rangers, it was their 24th come-from-behind win this year. 24 (laughs) wins coming from behind. They're a pretty damn resilient team this year. This particular game was a game that the Rangers did not play very well in, Uh, but it was yet another game where the Rangers ended up with two points and a win. And it's it's hard to get down when your team wins, especially with a comeback you know, victory. But it does seem like a lot lately they, they either get the win or get a point and don't play well. Um, Georgiev was in goal for the Rangers, and that alone should tell you some of the challenges that the Rangers had. Georgiev has not been playing well lately, except for one outstanding game he had. Um, Ryan Reeves scored on his own rebound early in the game to put the Rangers up one, nothing early just to go through the game real quick. Uh, It didn't last very long (laughs) as Kyrgyz gave up another awful goal. It was about a 20 foot wrist shot from a bad angle. It's just so friggin' deflating for a team, you know, for the Rangers to play hard. Then your backup goalie gives up a ridiculously soft goal. You know, I really think the Rangers need to look into another backup goalie for the end of the season in the playoffs. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's just hard. It's got to be so deflating for a team. You know, um, then with the game 1-1, the Red Wings went on the power play late in the first. Georgiev gave up yet another soft goal right between his legs from a bad angle. (sighs) Detroit was then up 2-1. Just so deflating. It's hard to watch. Luckily, though... 11 seconds later, um, after Lafreniere won a faceoff in the offensive zone, note that, uh, Heedle deflected a Nemeth slap shot past the Detroit goalie to tie the game 2-2-2. Nemeth actually had a pretty good first period, which is shocking because he's really not a good player. Uh, but he, he made some good plays and, and played very well. Um, by the way, Lafay winning that faceoff, as I mentioned a second ago, was critical at this time. And it's something the Rangers have maybe slightly improved on, but they have a very, very long way to ways to go. The addition of Andrew Kopp at the trading trading deadline might help a little bit. Also Zabanajad seems to be doing a little bit better on faceoffs, but you know, you hear me with the word a little bit, a little bit. The Rangers need to get a lot better on faceoffs. They they are costly things that no one ever talks about. You know, Nemeth, by the way, made several good defensive plays throughout the first period before assisting on that tying goal. Uh, the, Rangwin, the the Red Wings won um, won a power a face off and uh, were on the power play in the first period and scored on it early in the, in the second. They, they took <clears throat> the Rangers took a penalty, maybe five or six seconds left in the first period that carried over into the second period. And since Gurgov cannot seem to stop anything at all, obviously the Red Wings scored on the power play. Um, maybe the opposing teams need to play with a beach ball so Yorgov can can stop it at this point because he can't seem to stop anything else. Um, matter of fact, the Rangers' penalty killing, by the way, in general, has kind of been dog shit over the last month or so. It's something that they've really been proud of themselves on for good reason most of the year. And I do have to say, as a sidebar, penalty killing and goaltending kind of go hand in hand. And so you hear analysts and announcers and writers, you know, crediting various penalty killing attributes of teams either during the game or the next day when you're reading about it and you hear about the forwards doing this or that or whatever. 
But quite honestly, if you have a really good goaltender, I bet you you're going to have a really good penalty killing unit. If you don't have a very good goaltending, I bet you your penalty killing stats are not going to be very good. Certainly, there's more things that go into penalty killing, excuse me, than just the goaltending. But it is highly, highly, you know, tied to how good your goaltender is. And Shesterkin hasn't been at the top of his game. And Georgiev has mostly sucked balls lately again. So when you take the two of them together and you end up having, you know, what is considered poor penalty killing, and it is, um, it's not that shocking at all. So I'll say that about the Rangers' penalty killing. But one way or the other, they have to do a better job here. It's not just the goalies. They, they have to do better. This has to be, I don't know, six, seven, eight games in a row. They probably given up uh, at least one power play goal. They were used to be second overall in killing penalties. Now they're down to like, 12th in the NHL, the Rangers. Um, it's time to step this this piece up. Detroit had two power play goals on their first two power play opportunities in the game. So uh, that is not good for the Rangers. Detroit is not a great team. Um, Panarin, most of the game, again, seemed kind of off or mostly invisible. And it's a continuing worrying item, you know, as we watch the Rangers play the final stretch of the season. Panarin needs to ramp up his game. He did obviously contribute at the end of the game. A fantastic pass by Frank Vitrano, though, from <laughs> behind the net, set up Panarin, you know, for the tying goal with about seven minutes left in the second period, right? Um, it basically took until the end of the second period for the Rangers to get their first power play. Uh, once again, uh, the Rangers continued to not draw penalties, but they did. The Rangers didn't score on it. And the second period ended, you know, three to three. Vitrano had just been great. Uh, Mika's manager had lost a key face off in the third period. It's just, it's like a familiar refrain, right? And immediately Detroit scored right past Georgiev. So the Rangers sort of unacceptable face off capability continued, right? And it cost the Rangers again. So while the Rangers can talk about all the upgrades, you know, that they got at the trading deadline, once again, the Rangers lost a key faceoff in their own defensive zone, and it resulted in a go-ahead goal. I mean, it feels like 30 years since the Rangers have been good at faceoffs. I mean, really forever. It's just beyond believable at this point that they, you know, cannot get a couple centers in here who can win a friggin' faceoff. Uh, but... Kreider scored yet again on another power play goal for the Rangers with three minutes and 30 seconds left to tie it up at 4-4. It was Kreider's 24th power play goal of the year. He's got 24 power play goals and 46 goals on the season. It's just unbelievable. So the game ended up going into overtime. um, And in overtime, Andrew Kopp won a key face-off in overtime. And face-offs in overtime are so important. You talk about regular, you know, face-offs during the game. Face-offs in overtime are doubly important because when it's three-on-three and one team wins the face-off, they basically have possession if you watch, you know, NHL overtimes because it's, you know, three-on-three in overtime and they just play keep-away half the time. So if you lose the face-off, you're basically going to be running around on defense for a minute or two minutes. Anyway, at one point, Cop won a key face-off and the team went up the ice. Panarin had a fantastic pass back to Cop, who buried it in overtime for the winner, and the Rangers win 5-4. This was another game, in my opinion, that the Rangers probably just didn't play well enough to win, but they ended up winning. Georgiev continues to be a disaster in goal for the Rangers. The Rangers continue to suck balls on face-offs. 
The Rangers don't score enough five-on-five goals. The Rangers don't draw enough penalties. But through it all, the Rangers seem to continue to win, right? It's possible that this is just one of those years where things start to come together. Sometimes you see these years, right, where, you know, this this doesn't look right, that doesn't look right, but they find a way to win or they come back and win and another game. And, and here we go again, right? This was a game the Rangers didn't play well enough to win and, and they won, right? They don't really have enough talent maybe up and down the lineup to go all this way this year, but there's something about this team, right? There's a resiliency and a fight. And just, you know, sometimes there's a thing with a team, right? They just happen to mesh. Um, and, and that's been missing the last couple of years. Uh, the Rangers will be back in action against the Islanders at Madison Square Garden on Friday night. And I'll be at the game. It should be a very loud and exciting game. Let's go, Rangers. And I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. I want you to please subscribe to the podcast and rate it highly and tell your friends all about it. I will be back with more sports talk soon. Thanks and have a good day.